places. Everyone. We're now broadcasting. Roll the tape in. Three, two. A new audio drama. Appaloosa Radio is where stories come alive. Would you mind if I petted your canine? 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 Is he a purebred? I had one once that looked like him, just slightly more blue-greenish in color. See, he is friendly. I think he likes me. What do you mean? I'm a very friendly guy. So, what do you think? Do you think I'm going to steal something? Look, I'm a sick guy. I'm so weak that I couldn't harm you even if I wanted. I'm just being friendly. Don't you appreciate friendship? Hello, there. Would you mind if I painted your hairline? Would you mind if I painted your hairline? Is he a Agent Romaine Weejarset and her presumed pet had been in their covered identity for 45 days, removing or disabling a variety of monitoring devices in the unaligned DIL-77 sector, particularly in the city of Dean. Technician JXV and her canine partner, Abel Nye, approached a cash machine in the center of the city of Dean to perform its necessary, scheduled maintenance. It was a very busy place with lots of pedestrian and vehicular traffic. Then an individual, wearing a suit of Kunif liquid body armor, in the antiquated style of a junior officer from the Empire Shah Yot, approached the service technician and her pet. Hello, there. Would you mind if I petted your canine? Is he a purebred? I had one once that looked like him. Just slightly more blue-greenish in color. She let her pet give him a sniff. Then a couple of tentative licks. See? He is friendly. I think he likes me, said the individual in the Cunniff liquid prothesis. Warning signs began flashing in Romaine's brain. Not an individual to be trusted. Not trustworthy. Excuse me, sir, but I am on a tight schedule, and I need to perform my assigned duties. She moved toward the cash machine. However, the individual in the Cunniff liquid prothesis system moved to block her way. Please, sir, could you back away? What do you mean? I'm a very friendly guy. Sir, you are making me nervous. Please move away. So, what do you think? Do you think I'm going to steal something? Look, I'm a sick guy. I'm so weak that I couldn't harm you even if I wanted. His voice was loud and carried across the public space. Then, after a long pause, he spoke in a quieter voice. Look, I'm just being friendly. Don't you appreciate friendship? Before Romaine could respond, Four masked individuals suddenly emerged from a hiding place and grabbed her, covering her quickly with a murky sack-like restraint. They threw her into a waiting vehicle. The man in the Cunniff liquid prothesis system instantly grabbed her canine and crushed him with his iron claw. Believing the canine was dead, he tossed it to the ground.
Appaloosa Radio offers an original audio story from the continuing City of 4000 Spies series, Big Chief, Part 4. Dying desperation, canine agent Table 9 located the nearby clandestine translator, where he repeated the same phrase three times. Big Chief. Big Chief. Big Chief. It was a phrase that he had learned during his initial clandestine training in the Kingdom JG. When his services were transferred to the Dominion of Sasko, he stopped using it. Sasko preferred randomized numeric sequences, believing they were less likely to be deciphered. In this final action, Abel 9 reverted to his original training. Unfortunately, the big chief never received the distress message. The message never got through. It was almost pathetic what the Grand Army of Ancient Rites had become after its multiple defeats. G. Fux the rightful heir apparent to the throne had been denied his role because of his physical transformation after the accident. The Grand Elders had declared that the sacred and ancient laws of Tashin Deep prevented one in his condition from assuming the regency. They stripped G. Fux of his royal titles and status. He was banished from the home world sent to a minor moon of the most distant planet in the Tashin D sector. 
a wasteland, unfit for royal habitation. Yet, Gifux refused to accept defeat. He organized an army of 150,000 warriors and with 10,000 warcraft, his forces repeatedly attacked the armies of the home world. His initial military successes terrified the Grand Elders, and they sought assistance from a longtime ally, the Empire Shayot. The Empire Shayot began an active series of campaigns against Gifux and his so-called Grand Army of Ancient Rites, giving Gifux defeat after defeat after defeat. His once grand army was now only numbered in the hundreds, and they were forced into banditry to survive. Recently, Gfux had moved his criminal operations to the wealthy city of Deem in the unaligned DIL-77 sector, where they cast their gaze on the city's cash machines. That is, they cast their gaze on ways to steal the biometric identities of the individuals using the cash machines. With an individual's biometric identity, they could steal many billions and almost no one would know. One of the gang's most adept operations lay in its hackers, skilled artisans in capturing and deciphering purportedly encrypted messages. The hackers had focused on biometric identity theft, and in some cases for some species, they had developed a scheme that worked. Yet, not always. They needed more detailed technical information about how the various identification protocols work. Kidnapping a service technician could provide invaluable information. So, it was that the sorry remnants of the Grand Army of Ancient Rites planned to seize technician JXV, an elderly employee who would offer little resistance. Since she had been taught to retain her clandestine cover identity regardless of the situation, Romaine Weejarset allowed herself to be kidnapped. Romaine Weejarset was the dominion of Saska's most productive agent. She was well-trained, highly intelligent, a superb athlete capable of defending herself against multiple enemies. She was also an individual with a keen sense of potential danger. She had successfully participated in 92 clandestine assignments, obtaining pertinent information even others could not. Yet, she had allowed herself to fall into the simplest of schemes. It was neither clever nor effectively carried out. It just worked, capturing what the criminals believed was a service technician. She had been trained to maintain her legend, no matter what. She could not become who she really was. She had to remain technician JXV an elderly employee who posed no threat. She could offer no resistance. However, if an occasion arose to escape, she would readily do so. Until then, she told herself, maintain your legend. Be who your covered identity makes you be. You are not an agent for the dominion of Sasko. You are not Romain Weejarsert. When the gang's hackers intercepted the message that Abel 9 had attempted to send, 
they immediately realized that the cash machine also served as a clandestine translator, one that connected right to a director of espionage operations named, Big Chief. When the gang's hackers told their leader G. Fucks about the message that Abel 9 had attempted to send, he amused. Big Chief. Big Chief. But who is Big Chief? For which power does he work? We need to know that. Then we'll know what type of fish has popped into our basket. We'll know who this purported service technician really is. Most interesting. Most interesting. It was a cerebral probe, one that went deeper than anyone believed that a probe could go. It was a cerebral probe, one that went deeper than anyone believed that a probe could go. It had been one of G Fox's inventions. It not only went deep, but it also displayed the subject's memories in a form that the probe's operator could visualize. As he probed deeper into the brain of the purported service technician, G Fox found a name. Romain Weejossert. He used that name to send a message to Big Chief hoping to learn who is sponsoring her activities. Then, he probed deeper into Romain Weejossert. There he found a man, more specifically a father. The reality was that Romain's father had died many years before. It was a peaceful death surrounded by family and flowers. It was a calm and warm memory. However, G. Fox manipulated that memory, creating not calm and warm feelings, but feelings of deep terror. He placed that cerebral image into many forms of torture, searing with hot irons, electrocution, asphyxiation, starvation, twisted limbs, boiling in oil. Seeing her beloved father tortured and maimed, screaming in agony, changed Romaine. She was no longer the independent, resourceful individual she always had been. She became pliable, manipulatable, plastic to be molded into G. Fox's designs. When G. Fox probed into Romaine's brain, he kept uncovering similar images, images of an individual. An individual with special importance to her. It was an individual with whom she had made love and shared intimacies. Many images of the same individual. Athletic. Sophisticated. Intelligent. Witty. Bit of a trickster. An individual with deep purple skin and yellow cat-like eyes. Clearly of high noble standing from the dominion of Sasko. Unmistakable. Who might this be? Then a deep antagonistic crumble of recognition coursed through G Fox and his kind of liquid prothesis system. G Fox knew who the individual was. He looked again at the images emerging from Romaine's brain. No doubt, he knew who this individual was. He looked again at the images emerging from Romaine's brain. No doubt, he knew who this individual was. No doubt, he knew who this individual was. No doubt.
End of part 4. Continue.